worthy to be praised. Amen. As we stand, as we read the word of God. Amen. Amen. That's some family out there, too. Amen. Amen. Hey, family. Got a snuck in on a brother. Bless you guys. Bless you guys for being here. Amen. 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 Philippians 1, 1 through 6. And I'm going to read this. And it reads as thus. Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine making requests for you all with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the hook right there. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. God, once again, we come before your throne of grace and mercy. Humbly, God, asking you to fill this place with your presence and your power and your glory. That we may experience you one more time. God, this may be our last time on this side of heaven, hearing from you and getting a chance to worship you on this side. So help us, God, not to play with this thing this morning, but to be open and honest to give you the praise and adoration which is due to you. God, we ask right now in the name of Jesus that you hide me behind the cross of Calvary, that I may be able to preach with power and authority in Jesus Christ. God, we thank you, and God, we bless you. For us in the blessed name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we do pray. And if you all agree, say amen. 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 And amen, amen, amen. We like to tag this message this morning a thank you letter with a particular purpose. A thank you letter with a particular purpose. Now, according to the testimony of ancient historian Hellenicius, the first recorded handwritten letter was written by Persian Queen Atosha around 500 BC. Since then, the writing of letters have become one of the most simplest and popular ways to communicate or divulge information from one person to the next. Even though we find ourselves living in a time of technology, that has moved us to now type words on electronic devices, we still do so in letter writing form. Yes, writing is not going anywhere anytime soon. And there are many different types of letters written to convey the feelings of the person constructing a letter. For there are acceptance letters. Apology letters, collection letters, you don't want to get too many of those, government letters that should stay in the White House and not be found in your own house, cover letters, 
scholarship letters, proposal letters, and even Dear John letters. Yes, there are many types of letters written and delivered. But there's one type of letter written that has the power to touch your heart and even cause tears to flow. And that letter is called a thank you letter. For a thank you letter written and then presented to the right person at the right time for the right reason can inspire and encourage the recipient. Yeah, there's nothing like a thank you letter. See, if I was a betting man, I would bet that some of you have some old thank you letters you received still stationed on your fireplace, dresser, or your desk at work. Why? Because thank you letters are special because of what they produce. And here in our text this morning, the Apostle Paul, while in prison in a Roman jail, is moved to construct this letter of thanks to this particular church in Philippi for a particular purpose. I think before we get rolling, we need to make a pit stop right there because Paul shows us something we need to see as believers in Christ Jesus. And what he shows us is that while he was in the midst of a confined space and place, he didn't lose hope. Uh, but, but in turn, he wrote letters of thanks and encouragements to those on the outside. Amen. To believers in Christ Jesus, whatever is making you feel confined or even confused, know that while you're in the midst of it, you can still have some hope because of who is holding your hand, leading you through your situation. Amen. But Paul, Paul still had hope. So he wrote. Amen. I, I, I've, I've, I've been incarcerated one time. And I understand that writing while you're incarcerated helps you make it through the situation you're in. And so Paul decides to write while he's in bondage, amen? Come on, I need to tell you this morning, if you ever feel like you're in bondage, grab a pen and a paper and begin to write. Paul said, I'm going to write, y'all, amen? And he did, so he did so to this particular church with a particular purpose in mind, of which was, look, to acknowledge and thank them for their overwhelming support and service as servants to Paul's gospel ministry in Jesus Christ, while at the same time encouraging them to keep on serving as servants who the Lord had placed a good work in until Jesus returns. And the good news this morning is that we can rest assured that Jesus is going to return according to the scriptures. Amen. For the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 and 16, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that who who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. But until then, the apostle wants you, me, and we to keep on serving. That the most high God has begun this good work in us. So keep on serving. And who better than Paul, this great apostle, to encourage people like you and I to serve? 
and keep on serving. To serve and keep on. Like a tennis match. To serve and keep on serving. Amen. God, through the vehicle of this thing called ministry. Raise your hand if you like ministry. Raise your hand if you evolved in ministry. For it was Paul who, after his Damascus Road experience and conversion, went out to serve in ministry on, on the mission field two times. Launched out to serve the gospel ministry of Jesus Christ by planting churches more than ten times. And with passion went on to serve the ministry of Jesus Christ by converting Gentiles for a lifetime. See, Paul was about serving, y'all. Amen. I got to get comfortable in this place this morning. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this confirms that, that Paul qualifies to pen a letter of thanks for serving with a particular purpose to encourage servants to keep on serving as the Lord has empowered the servants of God to do. Amen. You know you've been empowered to do something after salvation and it's called serving. Yeah, you haven't been saved, sanctified, and empowered to sit. No, you've been saved, sanctified, and empowered to serve. Amen. Yeah, and Paul is the epitome of service. And Paul sets up this letter of thanks in, in, in proper letter writing form. As he starts out with an introduction and a greeting. Amen. Yeah, I didn't know that until I read this. You're supposed to start out with an introduction and greeting. And what's so intriguing about Paul's introduction of himself, this is good, y'all, and, and his co-labor and son of the ministry, Timothy, uh, to be followed by his greeting, is that Paul's introduction isn't led by his title, but it's led by his task. You got to see it. Look at verse 1 and 2. It says, Paul and Timothy, look at this, servants of Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, before we get into this title and task scenario, I wonder if you, like myself, were wondering why Paul, who is in jail, writing this thank you letter, to the church of Philippi, adds Timothy, who is free as a bird, living his best life in ministry, serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Why does Paul add him in uh, the introduction? Why is Timotheus, why is Timothy's name alongside Paul in the text? You see that, y'all? And I found out why. Can I share it with you? Amen, amen. See, Paul was one who believed in preparing, promoting, and empowering the next generation servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Timothy was his guy. So, so what Paul does as a sign of his own humility is to join Timothy, his son, in the ministry of Jesus Christ to himself in the introduction of this letter of thanks to put honor upon Timothy, who would face a heavy burden of responsibility as a young pastor in the church of Ephesus. I've learned that the aged, strong, and eminent in ministry should always be willing to pay respect to and support those who are younger 
that they be able to gain confidence and clarity to serve God with all that is within them. Amen. Yeah, that's, that's that younger, older teaching the younger thing. Amen. Yeah, we need to be empowering the next generation of servants with what God has given us. Amen. Now, Paul pins Timothy's name alongside his in the text to honor and encourage him in the same way that we who are aged in ministry should be honoring and encouraging the next generations of saints in Jesus Christ right here in our church. Amen. Yeah, on your job, in your community. Amen. And look, you're not going to be able to find out if the next generation of saints, hallelujah, if you don't talk to them, witness to them, and show them some love. Amen. Now, let's look at this title and task scenario I made mention of. Now, when you survey the 13 New Testament letters or epistles written by Paul, you will see that in only two other letters, Romans and Titus, Paul is moved to lead with his task instead of his title. You see, Paul was a master of knowing what to say to his audience that God empowered him to write and preach to. And this audience of believers that he was writing this letter of thanks to were serious servants of God in ministry, of which Paul makes mention of in this letter. So to make the ground level, that these super servants be open to receive the letter of thanks. Paul leads with his task instead of his title. And Paul's task, according to his own words, was to serve God as a servant of Jesus Christ. And truth be told, leading with your task as believers in Jesus Christ, instead of leading with your title, has a way of making those you encounter willing to receive what you're saying about the Savior. I've learned, I've learned when I go out to witness, I don't leave with, I'm pastor. I'm minister. I've learned to leave with the task I do, which is serve. Come on, when they ask me on your job, uh, uh, Brother Heyman, what, what, what church you go to? I, I don't bust out and say I'm the assistant pastor, at a, with that voice. I'm assistant pastor of New Direction Bible. No, no, I, I, I lead with my task and I say, I serve my God at New Direction Bible Fellowship. Now, if they want to go deeper, I'll share with my title, but I want to lead with my task. It opens folks up to hear what you got to say, amen? Yeah, sometimes leading with your title, folks think you're, you're puffed up and, you're, and you might not even feel like that, but I've learned to lead with my task instead of my title. Paul does that, y'all. Amen. I've learned from experience that leading with my, my title instead of leading with my task associated with my title can cause people to feel intimidated, fearful, and less than willing to receive a simple thank you. Amen. See, see leading with your, with, with your title can cause some issues. Amen. Yeah, when you come outside of Walmart and folks are there and you want to witness to them, lead with your task. And that's your title, amen? And give them a few dollars while you did. <laughs> but take note, but take note, ah, when, 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 when you and I are mature enough yeah. in our walk with Jesus Christ, that, that we can lead with our tasks instead of our titles, we become accountable 
to the task we lead with. And as Christians, born-again believers, and true followers of Jesus Christ, our task at hand is to serve the Lord as his servants. But if we're not serving the Lord in some capacity in our lives, i.e. ministry, that God gets the glory and is pleased with our service, we can lead in our introduction with our task of serving. But if we are serving in our personal and public ministry, you know you should have a personal and public ministry as a Christian, amen? Yeah. As servants of God, we, like Paul, shouldn't be bashful about sharing it with others. But Paul shows us in his introduction and greeting that his thank you letter with particular purpose, wherein Paul leads with his task and now his title is for the entire population of saints, Christians in Philippi. Look what he says in the B portion of, of one. He says, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, the pastors and deacons. You see, Paul didn't leave anybody out of his introduction and greeting, of him leading with his task and not his title. For Paul was open to let everyone in this church know that he was a servant. Come on, does, does everyone, anyone in your church know that you are a servant? And not just by saying it, but, but by showing it. You see, a servant just doesn't say it. He, he or she shows it. Yeah, and it. And they show it by what? Serving. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Paul, Paul's service as a servant spoke for itself. Does your service as a servant speaks for itself? That, that when you lead with, 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 with your task, folks believe it. Amen. See, you, 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 if you're serving and you're leading with that task of serving, folks will believe it, amen, in your church, in your community, on your job. And you know we're not limited to serving, amen. Here on our job, the Bible says, render unto Caesar what is Caesar, unto God what is God's. Yeah, so, so at, at work, we, we're, we're serving in the capacity of our work and our job, Amen. But on the flip side, as believers, we're still serving the Lord Jesus in our place of work. Amen? That others may be drawn to him. Will others on your job say that you are a servant, living a life that will draw them to Jesus? So this thank you letter, with a particular purpose, has revealed to us that leading with our tasks instead of our titles can be beneficial to our personal in public ministry. And we found out that just in the introduction and greeting, we just found out in just the first two verses, amen, that leading with our task and of our title can be beneficial to us, amen. But now let us venture down into the body of this thank you letter to see how lavishly Paul unleashes his thanks upon those in the church of Philippi. Look at verses 3 through 5. It says, I thank my God every time I remember you. See, see, Paul was a brother who didn't have memory lapse issues. 
Because he said, I thank my God every time. I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Because our, uh, of your partnership, look at this, in the gospel from the first day until now. I don't know about you, but I grew up in a home where my mother instilled in me at an early age the importance and value of saying thank you. And it was a simple thing to grasp. For she taught me that if someone does something kind, gracious and loving for you, the response that should come out of your mouth should be thank you. Uh, not a head nod, not a thumbs up, but a verbal response of thank you. That could be heard loud and clear, amen? Yeah, when she bought me them, them, them bobos, I had to say thank you. Uh, Mom, when you bought me them purple pants in eighth grade, I had to say thank you. That's why I wear purple today. Now, as I think about it, Jesus has been kind to us. Jesus has been gracious to us. Jesus has shown some love towards us in spite of us. Therefore, our response should be, thank you. I, 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 I think it's apropos right now just to give God, Jesus Christ, some thanks. Just for his grace, his kindness, and his love towards us. And we're so undeserving, but because of his great love towards us. He is worthy of some thank yous right now. You got to thank you. He's worthy to be thanked and lifted up. God, we thank you this morning. If nobody else, well, I'm going to thank you. Jesus, I thank you this morning. For if it had not been for you who are on my side, where would I? God, I thank you this morning for keeping me from danger, seen and un. God, I thank you this morning for keeping my mind stayed on you in the midst of confusion. and God, I thank you this morning. For being a God that sits high and look, God, I thank you this morning for the people of God who encourage and input and instill power through the encouragement. God, I thank you this morning. You've been so good. Hallelujah. Some kind, you just get a case of I just can't help myself saying thank you. If you feel the same way this morning, join me just in saying thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. Think about where you could have been. Thank you. Hallelujah, he's worthy of thanks. I have to be honest with you this morning and let you know from my recent experiences that some parents of today aren't teaching their children. I said some parents of today aren't teaching their children the value and the importance of just saying thank you. Those two simple words go a long way. And here in these verses, Paul's thank you letter, he begins to lavish these, his fellow servants and partners in ministry with thanks. Verse 1 says, I thank my God every time I remember you. You see, in our days as servants of Jesus Christ, we, we should be full of, of thanks and lavishly uh, giving it to God for one another as we purposely take time to remember 
what we have done for one another in the body of Christ. Paul says, I remember you every, I thank God for you every time I remember you. And what he was referring to, remembering what they did for him. See, every time we remember what the body of Christ, the saints, have done for us, it should cause us to, to give God some lavish thanks for the people of God being so kind to us. You got to remember what the body of Christ has done for you. Amen? And when you do, you begin to thank God for the usher, for the deacon, for the elder, for the worship leader, my God, for the soloist. When you remember, have you ever taken time to remember what those within the body of Christ have done for you? Paul said, I'm going to take a minute to remember, y'all. And, and I'm going to thank God for you. Every time I remember uh, you and all the things you do for me, I thank God for you. Your phone calls, your, your texts, your encouraging words, I thank God for you. The opportunity to stand before you, I thank God for you. Every time I remember how you called me when I was lonely, I thank God for you. Amen? Yeah, and if you're thanking God for some folk, you should be willing to let them know I'm thanking God for you. That it may encourage them even the more. When we remember what our fellow servants of Jesus Christ did for us, look, and they didn't have to do it. It should loose us to lavishly thank God for them. I said, lavishly thank God for them. Yeah, you walk around the house just thanking God for brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so because of what they've done for what they poured into your life. And they didn't have to do it, but because they love you, care for you, they do it. Paul said, I'm going to thank God for them. I believe while Paul was writing this thank you letter, he began to remember how this church and its leaders had his back when his ministry was rough. When he wanted to give up and, and, and these servants of God text him and encourage him with a message to inspire him to keep on keeping on. Paul said, I'm going to thank God for you. And according to the text, Paul thanks uh, turned into prayer and his prayer turned into praise. Yeah. Look at what he says in verse 4. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Come on, come on. You got to say, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. See, when, when we are thankful and prayerful for those who have cried with us and, and took on burdens with us and are serving of God in the gospel ministry of Jesus Christ, it will generate some joy, some Jesus joy that has the power to cause you to exercise the action and activity of praise. Yeah, see, when you link up prayer and praise together, you got something going on, amen? Yeah, yeah, Paul, Paul said, and in all my prayers for you, I always pray for you with joy. Yeah, any, 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 any folks ever pray with joy in the house this morning? Yeah, you just, you just smiling when you're praying, you just praising when you're praying, hallelujah. 
God wants us to, 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 to pray and experience praise at the same time. Yeah. Amen. When we remember what the saints of God has done for us. Paul was having a praise party, y'all, while writing this letter to the church of Philippi because he was loosed to lavishly thank these God's people for all they have done for him. God wants to lose somebody this morning that you may, that, that I thank you that's been in your bosom. Nah, he, he wants to, you to get it out that you can lavishly thank those who have blessed your life. Amen. Look, look, you, you, you may not always agree on the same thing, but, but, but you have blessed their lives. God wants you to lose you this morning that you may thank God for the people in your life that have blessed you. Yeah, yeah, Paul, Paul was having a praise party, y'all, for God's people, for all they, they had done for him. And what did they do for Paul, you may ask? Look at verse 5. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. See, it was through their support and partnership and ministry that moved Paul to pen this letter to lavishly thank these servants of God. You see, when we as servants and saints of God learn how to lay aside our feelings and walk in the faith of Jesus Christ, we will be moved by the Holy Spirit to support and partner with one another in ministry from the first day to the last, and in the midst of us serving, we will be moved to lavishly thank God for one another. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we got to come out of our comfort zones, y'all, and begin to support one another in ministry that God be glorified in the midst. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look at this. Look at this. Now, 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 to be honest, we who serve in ministry, be honest with me this, y'all, this morning. I mean, really serve in ministry. Know that it can be consuming, taxing, and downright difficult at times. If you agree, say amen. Amen, 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 amen. amen. But work is difficult too, but we go there every day. So much so that quitting becomes an option sometimes. Well, you ever thought about quitting this thing and just throwing in the towel because ministry has become so toilsome? It just seems so rough. You thought about quitting and giving up, amen? See, it was reported that in the last year, 38% of pastors have considered quitting full-time ministry. And that's real talk, y'all. But that's why this thank you letter was so important. Then, and it's so important now, because what Paul says in verse 6, reveals the particular purpose, my God, of this letter to the church of Philippi, as well as us today. Now, we know that this church was, was full of servants that supported and blessed Paul's ministry. But this church, like many other churches, had some problems. Because churches are made up of people, and people like you and I have problems. Amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're in the right place. 
for your problem to be addressed if you're willing. Yeah, we come in with some stuff, y'all, some problems, some issues, amen. But if you're willing, you're in the right place where your problem can be addressed through the word of God, amen. See, and this church of Philippi, look, was struggling with the problem of disunity due to some of the members hindering the work and proclaiming new life in Jesus Christ. So Paul writes this thank you letter with a particular purpose to address this issue. And to be honest, I appreciate pastors and leaders like Paul who aren't afraid to address issues or problems in the church. Because issues and problems in the church need to be addressed. If you agree, say amen. amen. Come on, the same way that you address issues in your house and in your marriage or even on your job. Issues need to be addressed and handled decently and in order in the church. Amen. Paul was that type of pastor and leader. And he shows it here in verse 6. Paul says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. For Paul now speaking in his title role as apostle. He, he laid, laid aside the servant role. Now he's, he's operating as an apostle as he shares this information. Reminds these super servants of Jesus Christ to be confident not combatant towards one another because the very thing that God has started, rooted and reserved in them for them which is a good work a pleasant work a life-changing work, a mind-blowing work. If you stay locked in it, Paul says, unified and on one accord, he, the Lord, will complete it and complete you as a church until Jesus Christ comes back for his church. See, this verse 6, we read it and we get excited about it and we should, but Paul is really giving some instruction here to a church that was disunified. He said, no, you got to come together and stop fighting and begin loving and be on one accord that the work that God has placed in you, rooted and grounded in you, can go forth and complete you and complete the church that you attend. Come on. Too many times we get, we get caught up with feelings instead of faith. And we're not encouraging and supportive. We come, become combatant. No, God wants us to be confident of this very thing. That he who took time, my God. You know, Jesus took time to place something in you. And he took time on the cross to place something in us. A good work. A pleasant work. A fulfilling work. A mind-blowing. He took time for you and I. On the cross of Calvary. And we have the audacity to be combating against one another. Not this church, the church down the street. Amen. No, God wants us to be confident as servants of God. To hold on to one another. To encourage one another. To support one another. Looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus showed us on the cross just how it was, just how important we were. Amen. 
Yeah, the Bible says he came down to 40 and two generations. Amen. To suffer, bleed, and die just for you and me. Amen. That we can be confident of this very thing. This thank you letter with a particular purpose speaks volumes today. For we the people and servants of God who make up the church oftentimes experience what the church of Philippi was experiencing. But we can overcome it if we look at the letter. Ah, look at the letter, y'all, amen. And realize that the letter has a particular purpose, which is to get us back in line to being the people and servants of God that are confident. Look at this, y'all. Communal and complete in Christ. And in Christ alone. Look at the letter, y'all. Look at the letter. Paul writes this letter of thanks with a particular purpose. Having you and me on, your, on his mind. That we, the church, as we rest on our feet, will stand confident in him. Knowing that what he started in us, he will complete it. Let's stay tight. Let's stay right. Yeah, yeah. God, God, God has a place for us to go. Amen. Yeah, he's, yeah, he set it up for us. But, but until we get there, let's prepare by supporting, encouraging, remembering one another that God be glorified. God, we thank you and bless you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. For your word, which is rich and right. God, we surrender to your word, your precepts, your instructions in the name of Jesus. God, we lay aside every weight and sin that we can do so, God, in the name of Jesus. Help us, God, to remember you as we remember one another. God, we thank you for your power and your authority. And the Holy Spirit that moves us. Do the things that we thought we could never do. Have your way in us and through us as a church, as the body of Christ. That we will stand on your word, being confident, communal, and consecrated by you. God, we thank you today, and we love you. For the name of Christ, we pray with thanksgiving.